eyes open, I see you, I'm watching, yeah. When people wanna be, you don't trust, no one. Welcome into DTC. Happy Memorial Day to everyone, especially those that have sacrificed. We thank you, we salute you, we remember you. This is uh, a podcast obviously based in Washington, D.C., so we don't we don't say those words lightly, and we don't take the actions of our heroes lightly either. So thank you for listening, and thank you for everything that you've done. We are proud members of Heroes Media Group and happy to be here podcasting, ironically, on a Sunday, a day that I said I would never, ever, ever podcast. Well, you may be asking yourself, where's LP? He's not here. FP? He's not here either. Steve, no chance I could find that guy on a Sunday, especially after uh, what went viral yesterday with the push-up contest that happened on Friday at a wedding, and I won't discuss it until he's here to talk for for himself. But I am joined by a guest, uh, Aaron Crouch of Vegas Squares Podcast. It's a recreational gambling podcast based out of Las Vegas, of course, on Twitter at Vegas Squares. He'll be joining me in just a little bit. Uh, but let's get things kind of ready here. We're, we're on today is the day before, or depending on when you're listening to this podcast, the eve of Game One of the Stanley Cup Finals. The Washington Capitals just a few days ago did the unthinkable, and in my book, they defeated the curse. Uh, so we are in a predicament about what to name this show moving forward. But I digress. Uh, LPFP, by the way, seemed to think that the curse is still alive and well, and I saw them trying to channel it towards Houston last night, uh, who couldn't make a bucket to save their lives, and seemingly everything that Golden State was throwing up was going in, but again, let's leave let's leave all that to the side. The Golden Knights are the opponent. This is a team that was probably, uh, by all accounts, except maybe a select few in Vegas, not supposed to be very success- successful in their inaugural season. I mean, this is a truly, truly rarefied air here. Uh, in the modern sports era, they are by far, I mean, by far and away, the most successful team uh, to start a season, in their first season, sorry, to eat, I mean, they weren't expected to make the playoffs, much less be competitive at the level they are, but, you know, this is a team that's here, I mean, that's our. this is going to be our, our opponent, they are the favorite team, you know, and let's look at them a little bit more in depth. So before we get to Aaron and kind of breaking down this game a little bit, breaking down the Golden Knights and kind of hearing from one of their fan perspectives about the team, you know, let's just kind of set this up here, okay? Like, yes, they're an expansion team. Yes, they weren't supposed to be here, but they are. And let's get past all that nonsense, okay? When they play at T-Mobile, where and they're going to get four games to R3 at Capital One, you know, so they're going to play four games at T-Mobile. Everything I've seen, everything I've read, everything I've watched all season long, they attack like wolves in the offensive third. They're very fast attacking and defensively they're very mobile very sound uh letting i think under three goals per game which was good for seventh or eighth in the nhl i forget i mean at this point everything's skewed but they're really good both in the offensive third and the defense defensive third george mcphee a topic that uh, you know a guy that i talked about at length a few podcasts ago this man is responsible for building both the roster of the Washington Capitals and of the Vegas Knights. And it's for the first time that I, I mean, I did a lot of research on this and I challenged people on Twitter to find somebody, to find anyone who has been as successful as this man over the last four or five years. He left Washington. He made He's made the playoffs every year since he's left Washington. He also made the playoffs a ton of times with Washington. But more importantly, this man, George McPhee, constructed 75 to 80% of the of the existing Capitals roster as it exists today including the farm system and the young talent that's now on the you know playing big minutes and obviously He's the man behind the Vegas Knights. He's the one who made all the selections. He's the one that hired uh, Coach uh, Coach Gallant, who's likely going to be, uh, you know, the coach of the year probably unanimously for the second time in his career. So this isn't a fluke. I mean, McPhee knows what he's doing. And again, has there ever been a GM who has 
built two teams that have eventually met themselves, uh, met each other, I should say, in the championship round of any sport. If anybody out there can, it was a hundred dollar bet that I put out there. If anybody could find one example that even remotely rivals Georgia McPhee, I don't think it exists. But the money's out there for somebody who wants to do the research. Yeah, uh, Mark Andre Fleury, a guy that we know, unfortunately, way too well here in Washington D.C., is the netminder. This guy knows. I mean, do we really need to talk about him? He's a stud. I don't care how old he is; he still looks pretty quick, and he's saving ninety-three percent of his shots. I mean, the, the the numbers don't lie. And this guy, he seems to be able to blow on his thumb and expand to six feet wide and ten feet tall on command. In front of him, Nate, Nate Schmidt, a guy that we we know and love, and we were excited about here in D.C. Uh, obviously, he's now part of the Vegas Knights, and that's Georgia McPhee's work, right? And he's there. He's had an impressive season, and definitely he's going to want to come out and show the Capitals that they made a mistake not protecting him in the expansion draft. And we go, then we go look at the forwards. The name that everyone's going to talk about, and that, and most people maybe still don't know how to pronounce, is uh, Jonathan uh, Marchessault. This guy's been, I mean, 100 plus goals on the season, 27 in the playoffs, 75 points just in the last 15 games. Uh, I mean, he is really, 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 really good. Uh, I don't care how short he is or how small, the guy's cocky, but he backs it up. Uh, Wild Bill, and I, I, it's one of the cooler nicknames in all of sports, in my opinion. I mean, he's netted 40 of his own, and Riley Smith isn't a pushover either. So this team can play. They can score. In, they can score quickly. They can score in batches. Uh, they attack like wolves. Very similar, actually, to Tampa in what we we discussed at, at nauseum. Tampa swarmed to the puck, and it seemed like there was always six or seven guys on the ice. Well, Vegas isn't that much different. You know, it took the Capitals 19 games to get to the finals. The Vegas Knights did it in 15. Um, you know, without further ado, let's bring in Aaron and kind of talk about these teams. You know, Aaron. We'll get to the specifics, I think, of, of this specific matchup between the Knights and the Capitals, but you as a fan of the Knights, you know, and as somebody who watches that team super close, did you want to see Tampa or did you want to see Washington in the Stanley Cup Finals? Well, as a fan, and first of all, thank you very much for having, <clears throat> excuse me, thank you very much for having me on. Uh, and I would say, first of all, as a fan of the Vegas Golden Knights and watching them, you know, just this incredible run i would say the first thing i would say is as a fan who buys tickets i want as many games to go to as possible so playing washington gives me a chance to go to four games inside the fortress so that being said obviously my head would have said washington but washington shutting out tampa back-to-back games uh puts a little fear in me i'm not gonna lie yeah well i think it would put fear in anybody we didn't see it coming we talked, I mean, this is a town that we were at the game six, uh, sorry, game seven viewing party in the Cap One Arena. It, you know, it started out, I'll tell you, we walk, I'll just real quick recap here. Uh, Steve and I walked in and they basically said, sit anywhere you want in the lower bowl. So we said, okay, let's take a corner so we can get some pictures. We'll do some interviews during uh, some of the commercial breaks and just kind of get some content for the podcast, for the Facebook, for whatever. Uh, by the time the, the first goal went in, the lower bowl was completely full. By the time Tom Wilson... Um, you know, basically won over every fan's heart in the city, and the second goal went in, the lower bowl and the the 200 level was completely full. I mean, we're talking about a building that holds 21,000. We were in there watching a TV, more or less. I mean, it was a TV. We were watching a TV with 16-ish thousand other crazed Capitals fans. I couldn't believe. We. I, I was telling Steve, I saw as many hands like double fisting in the air jumping up and down as I did you know hands uh, head in hands shaking in like disbelief that this is actually happening that that our team that this Capitals team with the great eight and Alex Ovechkin and all of the, the talk about he can't do it and blah 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 
we really didn't expect to see this happen. I mean, I think we were all very uh, timid in our approach to Game Seven, but I mean, they they just they outplayed them in Games One, Two, Six, and Seven. I mean, it was, uh, and you could argue that they played okay in in two of the other games, and they could have closed it out early, but. Nonetheless, I mean, we, we, with a very cautious and optimistic eye, were watching the Winnipeg Knights series. I mean, look, this team, the Vegas Knights started, I think, 27-3 and three or something bananas. I mean, basically, by the end of December, by the turn of the new year, Vegas was the, I mean, Vegas was it. Am I wrong on that? I mean, they were expected to be here by, by, the, by the start of 2018. Is that, is that incorrect? Uh, no, I don't, I think there was still a sense of when's that, you know, <clears throat> clock going to strike mid, excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, I think there was still that sense of, uh, when's the clock going to strike midnight on this Cinderella story. Um, I mean, depending on who you ask, you know, you can get some people who would lie through their teeth and say, I knew this team would be here, but at, at every given step, you know, you just almost wondered, you know, how much is too much for the success of this franchise? Um, I'll be the first to admit I, I I bet the under on 65 points uh, at the beginning of the season. I thought they had no chance. I thought a lot of these guys would be gone come trade deadline. But you know what? They came together. They made it. You know, they made it their own special system because you know you, they talk about the golden misfits and you know it really is exactly what that is. It's almost like the island of misfit toys. You know, they nobody wanted them, so Vegas said we'll take them. And they, they bounded together, created a chemistry in three months, and said, look, we belong here just as much as the Connor McDavid's and the Edmontons, who, I mean, thank you to Edmonton for having a lousy season to help us to this point. But, you know, all these guys came together and said, you know, the first thing I remember is James Neal, you know, the owner saying, you know, we, we expect to compete for the Cup in six years, you know, playoffs in four. And, and James Neal said, why not now? And everybody kind of laughed. But, you know, it seems that he's clairvoyant at this point almost. Well, James Neal is an interesting story because the the championship pedigree between him and and Flurry, I mean, it speaks for itself. I mean, Flurry's a three time champion with Pittsburgh, and that's that will be the last mention of Pittsburgh on this podcast. And uh, you know, and James Neal, I mean, he, he he had 23 goals last season, if I'm not mistaken, or 24 maybe uh, with the Predators. And I mean, he 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 made it there last year. So when it comes from somebody who did it or who has done it in in very recent history. Especially, you got to think when they when they all look over their shoulders and you see a guy like Flurry in the net, you got to have a sense of confidence to you or, or about your about how you play. And then you add to that the the attacking. I mean, the scoring is unreal. I, I can you. I mean, speak a little bit about that front line and what they're capable of doing because we saw them just. I mean, fifteen games to get to the finals. It's not. I mean, it's not a blistering pace, but it's not. It's not sluggish either. I mean, they really weren't challenged at least from what I saw. At all. I mean, they were the better team essentially every single time they stepped on the ice. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, like you said, 12 and 3, 15 games is actually the least amount of games since the Kings made that incredible run as the eighth seed, I believe, five years ago uh, when they won their first cup. And uh, Jonathan Quick was standing on his head. Uh, before that, I know you don't want to talk about Pittsburgh anymore, but I know Ooh. you guys don't like Pittsburgh. Ooh. I know you guys don't like Pittsburgh, and I'm not going to talk about Pittsburgh, but. In the beginning, you said Flurry had a 92% save uh, percentage. It's actually 95. So I don't want to. <laughs> oh, I don't want to give. The, I want to give the guy exactly all the credit he has so far. Um, but you're right. Uh, that top line, uh, Riley Smith bounced around. He's been with Florida. He's been with Boston. He's been with a couple other teams. Uh, he was essentially given uh, to Gallant and McPhee in exchange for them 
protecting Pavlovich and taking Jonathan Marcheseau, who, as a Tampa fan myself, uh, before the Vegas Golden Knights came along, Marcheseau had a couple good seasons in Tampa, a couple good seasons, 30-goal season last year with uh, the Florida Panthers. Everybody's kind of, you know, put the dunce cap on GM Dale Talon in Florida for basically, you know, giving them 40% of their top scoring line and uh, the Jack Adams eventual award winner this year. Uh, you know, and Carlson, a guy who had 18 career goals before this season, was essentially given to the Vegas Golden Knights and McPhee in exchange for them taking on the long-term injury contract of George, of, of David Clarkson. Basically saying, we want this guy off our roster. Here, take this fourth-line center who, you know, has basically bounced around from Anaheim and Columbus and hasn't really made a name for himself. And, you know, with four shorthanded goals, probably the goal of the year against San Jose in the regular season, if you haven't seen it, you really should. Uh, the between the legs, uh, you know, shorthanded to clinch the division. It's just, you know, unbelievable. You know, you talk about 90 plus goals from that line. Uh, you know, it's just an incredible story. All guys on all lines are just having career years, but that line is, is, is the sexy pick, you know, right now. Everybody looks at that line and says, you know, God, are they ever going to slow down? So where does, where does the Wild Bill moniker come from? Because I love that nickname. But, I mean, is there something specific that it ties to? Well, Wild Bill Carlson, in the beginning, couple first couple practices, um, he would he kind of liked to have a little bit of fun at the expense of the other players and uh, would kind of play practical jokes. Couple that, you know, the fact that his name is William, shorthanded is Bill, sure. and the fact that you're out in Las Vegas and Wild Bill is one of the old legends of, of lore out here. So you kind of put two and two to make four, and you got the guy who basically, I don't know if you've ever seen the Mighty Ducks, but he's not quite on the same level as Dwayne Rollison, <laughs> the roping guy. But couple that, his hijinks with the Wild Bill nickname uh, from the old tales, uh, and that's where you have your name. Yeah, well, I, I I just love it. As in DC, you know, the city is full of acronyms. I mean, that that's essentially it's nicknames and acronyms left and right. Uh, great eight, of course, is, is Alex Ovechkin, and there's a whole bunch of other ones. I mean, but uh, we, we haven't come up with a the perfect nickname yet for uh, for Tommy Wilson, but he's become like legitimately a, a a hero in this town over just how he's played just in the playoffs. I mean, for those that didn't watch the Capitals closely, he's been doing this on and off essentially all season long. But in the playoffs, he's just taking it up to another level. I mean, he he is truly beloved in this town right now. And and you know we've let let's shift gears here. You now now as a Vegas fan, the Capitals are coming in. You know let's let's take this just a half step forward. Let's not talk about the whole series, but you know the Vegas Knights. And and if you've watched any of the Tampa Bay and Capitals and, and DC series, you got to see you know kind of the best of what Washington's capable of, capable of as well. Ironically, you've also seen them at their worst. You know, so the speed of Vegas is is comparable. I, I believe they're faster than Tampa, but it is comparable in the style of play that we've been watching for the past seven games. Washington's going to have to slow things down or be physical. The The challenge is always going to be how do you catch somebody who is as quick as the front line of Vegas? So what do you see as a, as a Vegas guy? What are you afraid of with Washington coming to town tomorrow night? Objectively, you know, you talked about both of the ways that you would attempt to slow Vegas down. And, you know, we saw it in the Kings series. The Kings basically came out and said, we're going to put this team into the boards. We are going to be physical. They had a two-to-one hit advantage almost every single game of the four-game series, and they got swept. So, I mean, taking that out of the equation, you'd say speed for speed, but, you know, that's something that San Jose tried to do with Kane and, 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 and uh, what's his name, Melker Carlson, uh, you know, guys like that. 
So and they lost they lost a series in six. The thing I look at with with Ovechkin and the Capitals is a lot of times when you're talking about this curse you guys were attempting to de- to defeat for well in Ovi's entire career what 14 years or so. Oh, it's bigger than Ovi. Uh, this this goes back to uh, the Skins in '91, and we're not counting the Washington Castles uh, tennis team, and we're not counting DC United and the four major sports teams. Uh, this goes back to the Redskins winning it all in '91. Okay, fair enough. Well, however far back you want to go to it, it seems the Capitals' moniker was, if you could stop Ovi, realistically, that was all you needed. And, you know, I look at this team over the last two series against Pittsburgh and Tampa, and they've gotten scoring from Oshie. They've gotten scoring from Carlson. They've gotten scoring from Backstrom when he's healthy. You know, Kuznetsov's been amazing. I mean, he had the series clincher against Pittsburgh. And I know we weren't talking about Pittsburgh anymore, but I'm saying good things about the Capitals. <laughs> Thank um, you. Uh, you know, they just, I mean, Holtby after getting benched, I mean, think about it. This team lost the first two games to Columbus at home and looked like it was another, not even a second-round exit. It looked like it was a first-round exit. Yes. So, I mean, you look at the fire in Ovechkin's eyes, it just seems like he's a different player this season. And and, and the strength that they have is, is they can come at you from – Two very good scoring lines, and you know a guy like Devontae Smith Pelly has the has the chip in at the most appropriate time. I mean, he had the game winning goal. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it was game six. He had the game winning goal. Uh, yes, that that's correct. He's also taken a couple pucks off his head, shoulder, and neck. So yes, I do know, remember it, that. We just need him to show up at this warrior. point. Yeah, well, absolutely. But when your captain, when Ovi's taken, I mean, he he's laying out to block stuff too. I mean, that was. That was the game plan for the Capitals going into the final two games. It was layout for everything. And, and when Ovi does it, when your studs are doing it, everybody else, you know, does it too. Uh, you know, Tom Wilson, again, he's the name that nobody wants to, uh, everybody, you know, nobody forgets him, but nobody really mentions him either. He's had a, a, a really, really nice run here. And does anybody want to fight him? I, I don't think the answer is yes outside, maybe in a UFC cage or something. But as far as hockey goes, he's the guy, you know, you don't want to see 43 anywhere near you. Uh, but frankly, like you said, I think the Caps have their work cut out for them because it's hard to hit a fast team. You expend a lot of energy, and if you don't hit them, you're just you're just spinning yourself out. So I think they have their work cut out for them. I don't want to get into favorites. I think we can probably park the who's going to win. Let's watch game one and then kind of see how we all feel about um, about both teams. But I'll tell you, as a Washington fan, you know the Washington perspective is if we can steal game one and calm everybody's nerves down, uh, and not, and I don't mean the team. I mean the city. Then we're going to be in really good shape moving forward. If you can, if you can, home ice in the NHL is a, is probably the. I don't want to say it's overstated because it's 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 not uh, even in the NBA for that matter. I mean, you just don't see home teams dominating, and and certainly with the Capitals going into Tampa in Game Seven, we as Capitals fans are happy that we do not we will not play a Game Seven in, at home. That, that's been the monkey on our back, uh, figuratively speaking, now for several seasons is, oh, it's okay, we got the last one in our building if we need it, and then we lose it, and it's been Pittsburgh, I can't even count how many times. So I don't think anyone is losing sleep or shedding tears that Game 7 potentially could end up in Vegas, or for that matter, uh, you know, potentially, you know, obviously Game 6 at home would be great too. So I think there's a lot to learn over just from the first first frame of the first game. I think we're going to see how both tacticians are going to come out and, and set their lines and kind of put pieces into place. And, you know, I hope the Capitals come out and play to win as opposed to not lose. Um, you know, to anybody who watched the UEFA, the final yesterday, and, and I know as soon as we start talking soccer on this podcast, the, the numbers go way down. But 
Madrid yesterday. <laughs> I mean, just just as it's an aside, but you know, when you play to win, it's totally different. And Liverpool went after it, and they just they were susceptible to a counter. So I think in a series, it's totally different, obviously, than a one game. It's not a game seven. This is game one. And I think both sides are going to learn a lot about each other. I mean, both teams. I think I'm I'm looking actually. I'm I'm quickly looking here to see what the result was from their regular season meetings. Do you have that in front of you by chance? Um, I do. the uh, The Knights were two and zero, uh, and here in Vegas, uh, the Knights won three to nothing, courtesy of a shutout by Flurry. And uh, if you're not aware of how Vegas does it, because they do all things to the max, anytime there's a home shutout. The entire stadium gets treated to a dozen free glazed donuts from Krispy Kreme. So we thank the Capitals for one of those shutouts that we had. <laughs> we had a few on the year. Uh, and then it was four to three nights in Washington. I believe that was Super Bowl Sunday. Yes, if I'm not that mistaken. was a Sunday game. I do recall that game. Yes. Yes, that is correct. So back to your point on Tom Wilson, though, I will give you a challenger, and I might have to lay him the favorite, and that's Mr. Ryan Reeves. So if you have not seen his highlight reel, the man has a YouTube video of just his fights in the NHL. So you're talking about a guy who doesn't want to see Tom Wilson. Uh, I think I might have found a challenger. But Tom Wilson is a bad, bad man. Yeah, and uh, like I'm not a fan of uh, rocking jerseys or any – I'm just not a jersey guy. But I would consider like something with Tom Wilson on it, just because he's won my heart. I got to be honest; he's just he's captivated my soul. What what can I say? I, I love a guy now, who's going to come out. Can and, I ask you a question with that? Though? Sure. You don't feel any kind of negative vibe about that hit on Aston Reese against Pittsburgh? No, zippy. All right, fair enough. Uh, it's the same, because you know what? Honestly, the last twenty four hours. And for everybody that hates soccer, I'm sorry. Everybody's been going crazy about, oh, Mo, uh, Sergio Ramos took Mo Salah out, and it was dirty. I don't know if you saw the, the, the UEFA final or not, but it wasn't dirty. And if you really slow it down and look at it, yesterday, uh, you know, Mo Salah has given up probably six inches, if not seven, and an, and maybe 40 pounds, and he's hooking him left and right. And then when he gets taken to the ground, he's everyone's upset, and, oh, Serge, no, 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 no. So to answer your question, no. Hockey happens in a split second. It's it's way faster than than soccer is. Um, I'd liken it maybe more to football. And and frankly, in real time, I didn't see it. Um, you know, it, it when when gear goes flying, everybody you know immediately defaults to it was dirty. I mean, I didn't see it. Did you see it? Did I miss something? Because I just didn't see it. I don't think he intentionally went I out mean, there and tried to knock his teeth out. No, I don't think he. You know, I don't think his intent was to injure. I think his intent was definitely to place a good hit. And Wilson, you know, has been known for a few in his day—not dirty hits, but just sharp hits. And this one just happened to hit his jaw. You know, breaking his jaw. Um, you know, I, I thought the three games was heavy. Um, I was leaning more towards two. I was leaning more towards two when it came out, but uh, three. I mean, as much as three shocked me. At the same time, I when you see the replay, obviously looking at it in slow motion. Is always going to make it, you know, more devastating than it actually, you know, is. But this one broke the guy's jaw, and you know, three didn't. I wasn't as upset with three as I would have been, you know, initially if it was just a good clean hit. But um, well, let me flip you know, it. Would you, guys, you have been upset if he got zero games? Uh, yeah, I think I would have. I think that that I think the hit was questionable. I mean, I think it was. You know, I think I don't know if he was necessarily targeting, but I think Reese was off the puck for you know enough time that. Wilson's hit, you know, seemed a little more unnecessary than it should have been. I mean, I know it's hockey, you're going to get hit, but at the same time, you know, the speed at which he still continued to come at Aston Race, in my opinion, uh, warranted a suspension. Now, I won't speak to which games, I thought two. Um, so um, one wouldn't have shocked me, and three didn't shock me as much as I thought it would. I think most, I think most Capitals fans made their peace with there was going to be something. 
once we found out that he was going to be called in. Most assumed it would be one. Some, the doomsday scenario was two. When they announced three, I mean, there was... Uh, there was tears. I mean, there, people were people were really upset about three. It seemed excessive at the time. To be honest, I think I still think it seems excessive now. But it, it really, I mean, it, you could argue, did it change anything? Yeah, sure. But the Capitals are are here, and they I, I, look. I don't like the team of destiny talk. I, I, I've never liked it. I, I think it speaks against the skill and the professionalism of professional athletes. However, there are some teams that just seem to. You know, in hockey, we call it puck luck, right? Or right, and there was so many loose pucks in front of the in front of the net uh, again that would that under any other circumstance would have gone in against the Capitals. Um, this team just kind of reminds me a little bit of maybe that that two thousand two thousand one Patriots team for some reason. I, I don't know why they just do. Uh, maybe they a little bit uh, about like there's just something about this team. They you know. Yes, they got past Pittsburgh, and you you spoke to it earlier, Aaron. You know, going down 0-2 at home in in round one, and then basically coming back to win four the four straight, defeat you know beating Pittsburgh, then going into Tampa and taking the first two, then dropping two at home, and then winning two of three to close out that series. There's something feels different about this Capitals team, but I don't like Team of Destiny talk, and frankly. Uh, you know, not to get into politics or anything else, but the Vegas season, 10 days before the season started, you know, the mass shooting in Vegas, which was, I mean, terrible, frightening, horrendous, insert any adjective you want, you know, you could certainly, I think, make the same emotional appeal about the Knights and say this is a, a town that rallied around a team and a team that responded by rallying around the town. Am I wrong in, in thinking that or saying that? I mean, it seems like uh, it's not just the banner with the with the fifty eight stars. I mean, it, it really does seem like Vegas loves this team. Am I, am I wrong on that, or is that legitimate? no? You're absolutely right. But I mean, you got to remember, even before the October tragedy, I mean, you're looking at a, a city, Las Vegas, that's been a city in America for one hundred and thirteen years, and for one hundred and twelve of them, there has been no major professional sports franchise. So not only coupled with the tragedy, which, you know, is in itself, you know, something to build a city, because we look at Houston last year, you look at, the, you know, the Patriots 9-11, you look at, you know, all those teams of, like you said, you don't want to say destiny, but those teams that seem to rally around the Boston Strong, the, the Red Sox in 2013, you know, uh, you know, a city that's just hungered for anything to grasp onto. And, you know, as a person who sat there in 2015, and put their money down on a pipe dream. I mean, we were a season ticket drive where we said, okay, this may happen. It could be fun. I'll put a couple hundred down. And if it doesn't, then I'll get it back. You know, no big deal. And I, and I speak for 10,000 people who did that and for them to really take a chance and make the ultimate gamble on a team on a pipe dream, you know, to say that. And then, you know, before the season's going to start, we start on the road against Dallas and, you know, you look at this team and you look at the predictions and especially for people in the city who probably knew nothing about hockey before October uh, 6th was the first game, I believe, in Dallas. Um, you know, it's something for them to latch on to. And then, of course, everybody loves a winner. So when, you know, they started winning, you know, I was at the game October 10th and, the, you know, just the powerful pregame and Vegas is obviously, if you haven't seen their pregames, you really should. They're on YouTube. It's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, just a powerful pregame. Derek England coming out and saying, "Look, you know, we're going to play hockey for this community, and uh, we're going to play our best, and we're going to see what happens." And you know, people—I wouldn't say people held him to it, but I think the team held him to it. They said, "We're going to play our best." You know, to you know, when October second, the city was—you know—the Knights were out at blood banks, you know, helping deliver blood. These guys had lived here for 
they were still looking for apartments or houses at this point, you know, and they came out and became part of the city and the city's really embraced them. And, you know, we got, you know, I was one of the ones when they took flower and I said, this guy's just a name basically, you know, to, to get the casual hockey fans. Oh, I know this guy He played for Pittsburgh, but you know, now, I mean, I fall in love with the guy. I mean, he's been, you know, the, the big mouthpiece, you know, he's been fun for the game. He's his antics on the, on the ice are hilarious. And uh, everyone in this city, you know, they've rallied around a tragedy. They've rallied around the fact that this is our sports team. I mean, the Raiders are coming in a couple of years, but that's the Oakland Raiders. That's the L.A. Raiders. That's not they weren't born and bred in Las Vegas. This team is truly Vegas born. And I think that's a testament more to the fans just basically jumping on. I mean, if you've seen practices lately, they're having to basically turn people away from practice. I mean, it's it's unheard of, at least in my world. Well, I'll tell you. I mean, everything you just said—it's it—it re- definitely resounds with me personally. And I think you know, as Capitals fans, I think we can still tip our hat in respect, uh, you know, and and give a golf clap and a, and a true salute to what the team has done, uh, not just on on the ice but in the community as well. And to hear it from somebody who's witnessed it firsthand, it just underscores, uh, you know, the power of, of sports in our community. And I'm, you know. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, that that's insight that many of us here in D.C. we may have read about, but maybe haven't heard directly. So I, I thank you very much, Aaron, for sharing that. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I'll get I you mean, out on this. I, I don't. Go oh, ahead. I just want to say one more thing. I mean, that banner you talked about, the 58 stars, it hangs right above the ice. And it almost feels like one of those things. They're sitting there watching this team as well. They got the best seat in the house and they're basically protecting all of us. And I know I'm not really a big believer in all that kind of stuff, but this one just feels uh, a little more different than, you know, some of those other kind of those tales. And maybe it's because I'm witnessing it firsthand and maybe it's not, I don't know, but you're right. I mean, the the banner as it sits there is something to look at and something to really, you know, this team is Vegas born, this team is Vegas strong. And, you know, to use the analogies, it's something that's ours and something that will forever be ours. My hope is that, you know, when the tough times come, that all these guys, these fans are still there. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, look, it's sports, so the tough times will come. But for right now, that's probably the furthest thing from your mind, right? I mean, it's this team is really, really good, and you know they may be not just the first team to in their inaugural season make it to you know have a winning season, be the most successful team in any of the major sports, not just make the playoffs, not just make the finals uh, or the final, the Santa Cup final, but also potentially win it. You know, we're for, we're talking about you know the hashtag that's trending everywhere with DC and Vegas fans is you know, hashtag four more. And that's what everyone's talking about right now. It's four more mm-hmm. to a trophy. So, um, but let me get you out on this. Uh, if you are going to pick a game one winner, who would it be? And give me a score. Well, I think the energy is just going to be too electric in this building. Uh, I think the caps are riding high, you know, I mean, I know that they've obviously, you know, the two shutouts are just such a huge accomplishment. Um, watching Holpe, you know, I've always said he's kind of a goalie to make the easy saves look too tough. And, uh, it's just something I've always noticed about him. He's a good goalie. It's just, he always seems to make a play more harder than it needs to be. Uh, I think Vegas is going to come out too strong. Capitals kind of are going to be exhausted from that seven game series overall, even though they've had six days off. Uh, I'm going to lay the Knights uh, for the first game. Um, and then uh, the score, I think, is going to be four to one. Wow! So you you actually just took the words right out of my mouth, or the score at least. I was going to go four one Capitals. And uh, if you've never listened <laughs> well, you to this go. podcast, my picks are outlandish and almost never correct. Um, but I am batting somewhere around sixty five percent or so on winners. So 
Um, I feel strongly about the Capitals. I think they can go in there. I think if they score first, I think if we can, this is this is Joe's unofficial kind of, uh, I don't know, guide to the to the game here. If they can get in there, if it goes scoreless through one and a half or two, whoever scores first wins, and I think that'll be the Caps. Um, otherwise. I mean, if the Caps go down early, it changes everything, and Barry's got to have to adjust things, and then all bets are off. But uh, let's see what happens. And Aaron, if you're up for it, I'd love to have you back. Um, love for you to meet the rest of the uh, the DTC crew, and maybe talk. Uh, maybe we'll pick your brain about some other uh, some other topics in the gambling world if you're up for it. I am always up for it. I do appreciate you guys having me on, and I hope to talk to you guys uh, when the full crew is there. Thank you very much, Aaron Crouch, everybody, host of Vegas Squares Podcast. Give the man a follow. Give his team a follow at Vegas Squares on Twitter. Download their podcast. Read their stuff. Um, insider information. Apparently, they are just as degenerate as we are when it comes to some uh, competitive, recreational, air quotes, gambling. So, uh, Aaron Crouch, Vegas Squares Podcast at Vegas Squares. Am I missing anything, Aaron? Uh, no, sir. Yeah, just give us a follow over at Vegas Squares. We definitely like to interact with sports fans, degenerate bettors, recreational bettors, um, and even fans of the opposing team that we're rooting for. Sounds good. Everyone, that was Aaron Crouch. Thank you so much. I'll leave you with this thought, DC. I know it's Memorial Day tomorrow. Uh, we will have uh, Rolling Thunder uh, zigzagging all over DC. You know, tip your hat, say thank you, remember those that have fallen. But tomorrow night, DTC will be. In the Cap One Arena, we will be in Section 113, somewhere between rows O, M, and somewhere in there. Uh, we'll have a table set up in the concourse. We will be doing interviews uh, between periods. We will be doing a show live on site with fan interaction. Come find us. Come join us. Come cheer on the Caps. C-A-P-S, Caps, Caps, Caps. Let's go get this one for D.C., Aaron, thanks again for joining us. My name is Joe for LP, FP, Stevie, and everybody in the DTC family. Thank you so much for listening. Happy Memorial Day. Be safe. Barbecue safely. Remember those that have fallen. And let's go get this win, Capitals. We are out.